Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thanks for joining us. It's a glorious day here in North Jersey. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion Howard Cross. A glorious day. We're going to be with you for the next hour to talk Giants football, Giants playoff football, as a matter of fact. And our number is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And you can also find an archive of this show in our entire podcast network, on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. And, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero never tasted so good. Well, Howard, we were there yesterday, got back early this morning as the Giants knocked off the Minnesota Vikings 31-24 to in the NFL wildcard playoffs. I really want to make this a caller-eccentric show because so many people are going to want to react to the Giants' <laughs> first-round victory. But before we do... If there's one key point or thumbnail that you want people to know about this team's victory, what would that be? Oh, simple. They, they did a great job of not making a lot of mistakes. I think they had one drop pass and one, one penalty that I thought was kind of like off. But outside of that, they played a pretty clean game. Yeah, and I think, to be frank with you, in watching the first Minnesota game, you knew that offensively they had what it took to give Minnesota a run. And the only thing that they changed differently from the first Minnesota game is that they called more runs for Daniel Jones. They didn't call any in the first time, and they did call some yesterday. Otherwise, they pretty much took what they wanted. I think when you think, see, I think that's a misconception when they say they called more runs for Daniel Jones. I think the called runs, he ran maybe two or three, maybe two or three. I think they ran. The, well, there was a lot of scrambles yesterday. The, the, yes, the they scrambles were. Yes, they were. Or what? What? What were the different thing? And that the Daniel had more opportunities to scramble because they were trying to, you know, make sure that he was in the box. And when he got free, he, he was running, and he got first downs that way. I don't think that those were necessarily uh, design runs. The design runs actually didn't work that well. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, so it's true. The scrambles. I will. This, I think three or four of them went for over ten yards. Yeah. So the scrambles were the things that that he did that. That made a big difference in the game when you were like, okay, we got everybody covered. Oh, no, no, he's running. Here, we got to get to him. And he, he's, you know, he's a good athlete. So he got out there, got in front, and they had a hard time with it. 
And, of course, we saw Isaiah Hodgins for the second time this season really carve up Minnesota's secondary. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins has a touchdown on almost every game he's played in. So, yeah, he's he's a he's a great find, a great pickup, uh, a kid that's really appreciating the opportunity, you know, coming off of someone's – coming off of being cut, coming off the, the waiver wire, as they would say. Uh, now he's out here, you know, making plays and, like I said, making himself some money in this league. And how about this, Howard? Saquon Barkley did not have a ton of touches, but in those he had, he was very efficient and, again, was was really putting out a lot of intensity and energy every time he had it. I mean, you know, the thing with Minnesota, if you think about it, their their, their issue is their defense is very soft in the middle. Uh, once you get past the, the, the front, if you get past the front, for whatever reason, the linebacker and the safeties, they just don't play very, you know, connected defense. So... If you get a chance, Saquon was like on the edge or running running past plays, or if he got, you saw one time he broke right through the line of scrimmage, and once he got through the line of scrimmage, he was almost gone every time. So that's that's hard on Minnesota. They'll have to figure out that over the next couple of years. But that's that you know the Giants saw that changed the game for playing, and a lot of guys had success. And then let's flip it to defense real quick before we get to your phone calls. The difference that you saw in this defense now that McKinney and Adoree Jackson were able to play. I thought they did a great job covering because there weren't a lot of sacks of of Kirk Cousins. He got hit a lot. Eleven hits. Yeah, but no sacks. So when you're not sacking a, sacking a guy with that many weapons, I think you know McKinney and Adoree Jackson uh, played a great game. Adoree Jackson followed around their best receiver, one of the best, if not the best receiver in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson from sideline to sideline, right side, left side, inside, outside. He did a great job with him. I thought he was great. I mean, he caught some passes. Yeah, he he made some catches. But he wasn't like he was getting, you know, 30, 40 yards down the field. It was like, you know, 10 yards, you're down. 15 yards, maybe, you're down. It wasn't, And that's what you need to do with somebody's top receiver. And in the second half, he didn't see a ball. Right. I don't want to get into bogged down with all the stats and stuff. You guys can look that up online. I'm more interested in an overall picture. And I think the other thing that even though Hutchinson had his 100 yards mm-hmm. and did very, very well – when push came to shove on the last play of the Vikings game, uh, or at least their last offensive play, the Giants got the pressure from Dexter Lawrence, which mm-hmm. they needed to get, and then there was Xavier McKinney in a one-on-one situation, and he stops Hutchinson well short of the first down to basically ice the game. And I'll tell you something, Howard. The Giants in Washington led the NFL this year, fewest missed tackles on defense for the during the course of the season. The Giants have been a very good tackling team. They've had some good tackling, but there's a couple spots in the game I thought they could have done a little bit better. But that right there play was, you know, I think the most impressive part of that play is that's McKinney. Uh, he's really functioning with basically one hand, mm-hmm. and he's tackling a, a much larger much larger guy in open space. And it, it wasn't like there were like four guys there waiting on him. It was him. And Hutchinson by him, they was just the two of them. There was a lot of room. I'm like, a lot of room I'm there. Like, Please get him down. Please get him down. <laughs> and he got him down. So that that was like was a great play in the game. Folks, just remember, you can subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst, and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. 
Search for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen to the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. And remember, Giants fans, take your fandom to the next level with the season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And we remind you that Giants official TV uh, connected TV streaming app App, Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free and on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. <laughs> We're getting ready to get our first phone call up. And, uh, Howard, we are going to – let me see here. i got to just get to our list of phone callers. <laughs> Well, you know what? I wasn't looking at the list because I was too busy reading the spots. You were getting your read in. Bro. I know. I was getting my reads in. Where, where? Oh, there it is. Andrew in Virginia. You're first on Big Blue Kickoff Live today. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, Howard, love you. Paul, I, I love you. you. You're the man. I appreciate if you could, it. With, if, if you could withhold the temptation from doing another Rocky Art Museum video on Twitter, we'd all appreciate it, I think. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, but there was, will, there will be great. no repeat. Think, Dable actually wanted to find me for that video, just so you know. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but in seriousness, how, what can Kayvon and the coaching staff do to actually get the holding penalties called? I counted at least three times when he was getting held and they didn't call anything. And so that's my uh, big question for the day. Uh, good shout out to the coach for calling out everyone on the team for doing a great job in his press conference. But the Kayvon question is my thing. Thank you guys. Thank you. So what happens in games, uh, so you know, every coach in the league goes up and he uh, – specific officials, uh, they've scouted the officials. They know what the officials are going to call them. They're not going to call Even with these, quote, unquote, uh, playoff official crews, which meaning they, they take the best official from each crew and try to put them together to make a good crew, you know what these guys are calling and what they're not calling. The coaches uh, for both teams, you know, have a few seconds with the officials to try to tell them what to watch for and what certain players are doing. So in this past game in Minnesota, they would have said, Dable would have said, hey, look, you know, uh, good game. Look, I'm looking forward to what you're doing. Please watch the right tackle. He's uh, notorious for grabbing and holding and pulling mm-hmm. guys down. Uh, if you can, you know, but, you know, just keep an eye on it. I'm not, sure, I'm not saying he's going to, but just keep an eye on it. And they probably did, but they didn't call holding on either side. They didn't really call holding against the Giants, and they didn't really call holding against the Vikings. Uh, from an offensive offensive line standpoint. So it was like kind of like a basketball game. When they say let them play, they let them play. 201-939-4513. Line two has Peter in Florida. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, guys. How about them Giants? Huh? Hey, how about them Giants? <laughs> you know it, man. You know it. So uh, the two things I really took out of the game, I don't have a question. I just wanted to make a couple, couple quick comments. Mm-hmm. One, I thought that the, uh, the O-line, wow, I think – with the eye test, I think they played probably the best game of the year. Holy smokes, I was blown away how well they were, how they protected uh, Daniel and how they opened up those lanes for uh, Saquon, even though we only ran it under 10 times. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And then uh, second, um, wow, holy smokes about that Galladay block. That <laughs> fired me up. I was at, uh, <laughs> I was at my niece's six-year-old birthday party, <laughs> and all the fathers were hanging behind the bounce house watching the game on our phones because, you know, the wives would kick our butts if they caught us. <laughs> so, uh, it was good times, guys. Um, 
Giants are going to bring it to those Eagles. I just needed to join in on these uh, this excitement for today. So thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Take it easy. All thanks. right. Thanks for the call. Quickly, Howard, the uh, decleating of the corner, Shelly, <laughs> by, uh, by Galladay. Uh, look, not every wide receiver necessarily wants to use his body to his advantage and throw those kinds of blocks. But Galladay had the mismatch, and he obliterated the guy. Yeah, not only did he obliterate him, he hit him and knocked him down, then hit him again when he was down, <laughs> like an offensive lineman would do a guy, like, yes. a, like a finishing move. And the best part about it was, wasn't that he did it, wasn't that he that he crushed him and, and turned around. When he turned around and kind of flexed a little bit, he looked right at Saquon. Saquon didn't go back to the huddle. He walked out to acknowledge him, hey, that's what I'm talking about. And he was back in the play for another play, you know, right right after that Galladay. The kid, you know, despite all of his, you know, shortcomings this year, you know, I think because he's injured and he's still injured, he's given everything he's got to the team. And, you know, if they're asking him to block, he gets an opportunity, especially in the playoffs, he's going to hit somebody. So I'm happy for him. Now to the Daniel Jones comment in terms of the protection, the Giants gave up uh, three sacks. One was a coverage sack, one he scrambled into. Uh, there were four quarterback hits registered by Minnesota yesterday. And to be honest with you, Howard, one of the biggest improvements I've seen in Daniel Jones, and we saw it all the way back in the spring and all through training camp, was his escapability, mm-hmm. not only within the pocket, but without, uh, outside the pocket. Yeah. He has just done such a better job with his footwork. Mm-hmm. And Dable and Kafka really spent a lot of time with him on that. Yeah, they, they did a great job with him getting him outside the pocket, letting him understand what to do, not to be rushing the pass when he gets out there to take his time, set his feet, or you know whatever his, his strongest arm angle is to get the ball out. He's done a great job with that, especially in this game. But going back to the offensive line, uh, I thought they played a good game. I thought, mm-hmm. they did, I thought they did a really good game. I was very impressed with one player in particular, Evan Neal, uh, mm-hmm. After the injury, Evan has been, you know, no, no surprise, no no anything. He's been struggling because trying to get himself back in position, trying to get himself down, trying to get himself out of his stance, moving laterally. I'm like, man, I hope he can, you know, somehow, some way. Because the last Minnesota game was, I think, was the first game he was back. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, mm-hmm. if, if, we have this, if we have this same kind of performance, if he's not feeling any better, we're going to have a hard day. Hunter gave him a tough time yeah, last month. And this, and this game, he looked like he was a lot healthier, and he was like all over these guys. And he's taking guys to the ground, knocking them around. So I was very – like the other guys were playing great, but I was like really focused on him because he, he had struggled so hard mightily in the first game. I don't want you to use up your allotment, so I'll do it. Roll Tide. There you go. <laughs> but no, that, he did do it. Dude, roll Tide or not, I was really, I was really, really, ha- you know, happy that he kind of came through for him. By the way, uh, Mark Lewinsky yeah. had a big block on the uh, Barkley touchdown near the goal line, mm-hmm. and also had a big block with Feliciano on the fourth down with about three and a half minutes to go yeah. when uh, Jones' quarterback sneaked. Yeah, they, they like I said. They, if you stand in front of them, they will blow you off the ball. They did a great job. Back to the phones. Line three has Aiden from New Jersey. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hello. It's a good Monday. Good Monday. For sure. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Monday to you. All right. I have a comment, and then I have a question. So, obviously, great game, Daniel Jones, passing everything. And as you say, Paul, you're always referencing the intro and saying the Giants have to did it, and they did it. Well, you know, I think that the thing about this game is that they had played Minnesota once before. 
they believed in themselves. They were confident and assertive in knowing what they could do. And Howard, even after they got down, remember, in Minnesota last month, they were down 10 nothing, mm-hmm. And then got the touchdown to Hodgins right before the end of the first half and went into the locker room down 10-7. In this game, Minnesota takes the opening drive 75 yards. Mm-hmm. They score a touchdown, 7 nothing. The building's going nuts. I thought the roof was going to uh, <laughs> explode, Howard. It was going crazy. We're on the sidelines. And what does Daniel Jones do? Comes right back. Touchdown drive, another touchdown drive. The Giants never blinked, Howard. Well, you gotta you gotta realize, like when you watch the first game, the Giants basically beat beat the Vikings. They had a uh, punt block. Well, and, and they beat themselves is what well, they did. Yeah, but they had a punt block and they had a fumble down going into the end zone. Those two plays would have been probably would have resulted in ten points for the Giants at least. Uh, you know, or 10 points off for, for the Vikings, and that would have been a victory for them. So they were looking at that as, okay, if we clean it up, we're at least 10 points better than them, if we clean it up. And they went out, and they were they were unfazed by anything. It was one of those games, it reminded me a lot of, and I know it's not the same kind of scenario, but it reminded me a lot of uh, 2000 when it was like the Giants versus the Vikings, and Sean Payton's like, you can score 100 points against this defense because they can't, you know, they're not able to cover and, it, and the Vikings couldn't cover the middle of the field. That's what it looked like. I mean, even when Slayton dropped the ball at the end of the game, he catches that ball, he might score a touchdown. Oh, he could go. Yeah, I mean, he it's just go. like the, the, middle, the middle of the Vikings defense was like, I have no idea what that coverage was. And I think, you know, the confidence that they showed also kind of helped the defense spark because I was talking to Leonard mm-hmm. Williams after the game, and he said the way that they milked the clock in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. on the – the last drive before the Giants got the ball back again, they left the Vikings with about two and a half minutes and no timeouts. Nope. Because Minnesota had to burn all three of their timeouts, and that was the the big key about that fourth down sneak. It helped yep. milk more clock. Yep. And so the defense was galvanized by that. Yeah, they, and the sneak happened on the Giants' side of the ball. I mean, on the Giants' side of the field. That's what really got that. They, they Dable, like, yeah, that, Dable said today – that we were going to go for it. That's it. I mean, the mentality of this team was that they were loaded for bear and they were going to show their assertiveness and their confidence. Yeah, if they, if they thank, thank you for the phone call. If they don't make that play, game changes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Giants were 7-13 on third down, 2-2 two of two on fourth. Vikings 4-10 four of 10 on third down, 1-2 of two on fourth. Yeah, they did. The, the Giants played an incredible game. It was really good. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Back to the phone lines. Doug from Rochester, you're next on the show. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good Very to talk good. to you. Yeah, just on Paul and you know, Harry. Yeah, Paul and Howard with yep, you today. Absolutely. Okay, how you guys? Um, I just want to say a couple of things. You know, with Danny Jones, I felt like for the last couple of years, I felt like Danny Jones was understand, and he's a defendant, and I was his defense attorney talking to a jury. <laughs> I said, I said, how can you judge Daniel Jones with a terrible? This is what I'm telling people. With a terrible offensive line and no good coaches. Okay. Okay, so I see some of these people. I haven't seen them all yet. I didn't say nothing to them. I just looked at them. You see he's got a good offensive line some good coaches. Now I look at them. I always had, I always knew he could do it. I always knew it was in him. I, I've been sticking up for Danny Jones for three years. Everywhere I go, Danny Jones, you know, he's a bum. He's never going to get nowhere. I'm fighting for him. Like, I'm like, you, know, you, can't, you can't judge Darren Jones. This is what I tell people. And some people agree and a lot dis- disagree. But I want to say one thing about the game. It was all stages of the game was played well. But to me, it was the, it was the play caller on both sides of the ball, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Catholic's play caller. And that's what people on TV this morning is recognizing. The play calling of the Giants was excellent. I'm talking about Wink made some decisions to change up at the right time. Castle made some dynamite play calling. To me, that was the biggest difference. They all played good, but a big part of it was the play call. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate the call. Yeah, the play calling was great, Paul. I will say the play calling was great, but the execution was even better. I think that, that that was the big the big difference in the game. I think even the the defense was was reeling a little bit uh, after that first long drive. I'm like, oh man, they got to figure something out, and they eventually got on it and they started slowing it down. Like I said again, Jefferson not having uh, but one target in like the third or fourth quarter, whatever it was, that's a big that's a big difference. Kirk Cousins um, making bad decisions with the ball later late in the game. That's 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 great coaching. That's getting guys in the right position, and they're and they're playing their position. As far as the offense goes, guys were just executing. They were getting their blocks. They were running through holes. They were like you know, they were like Saquon Barkley on that goal line run when he runs over two or three guys and drives his legs into the end zone. That's just will and want to want to. That's not just play calling. That's the players knowing. Hey, look, we're in the playoffs. We're going to turn it up even another notch, and it worked out. You know, as far as Daniel Jones goes. You know, I I tell people this all the time. If you're a high draft pick and you're like, like in the top five, that means you're going to a really bad team. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what they're going to do to fix the rest of the team around you, but when you're a top five pick, unless there was some trade or something that got you that pick, you're going to a really bad team. And, and in the past, guys didn't want to go to certain teams. Some uh, uh, Kadeez Bennett didn't want to go. John Elway didn't want to go. Heck, Eli didn't want to go. So, like, now now guys are more prone to, like, show up to the team that, that is drafting them. But, man, I'm just telling you, if you're a high draft pick, you're usually going to a tough, a bad team. Real quick comment, if I can get from you, Howard, because I thought after that first drive that the Giants had that tied the game at seven, I thought maybe the next most important drive besides uh, the milking of the clock was mm-hmm. coming out in the third quarter, six plays, 75 yards, 
you get pass plays to Barkley for 24, Hodgins for 32, and then Bellinger caps it off with a nine-yard touchdown catch, puts the Giants on top 24-14, to and basically was another punch to the Vikings' gut to tell them the Giants aren't going anywhere. I think more important than that drive, I think they had like a like a penalty in a drive where, where it pushed them back. They still got a first down. Uh, uh, they didn't have a penalty on that drive, but no, they did have a first down carry by Barkley for minus three yeah, to so start the drive. Basically, it was a penalty. <laughs> so when you, when you start out minus yards and they find a way to, to still get first downs, you put them behind behind the chains and they keep coming and they keep making it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a game. It, it just looked like the team with the ball last might might win the game. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul Dottino and Howard Cross. He's Howard Cross 87. I am Giants at WFAN. Uh, and don't forget, uh, this program is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero never tasted so good. We go back to the phone lines. And it's Len from Maryland. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hi, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very Wonderful. Good, very good. The uh, sun is shining brightly in Columbia, Maryland. There you go. It is in East Rutherford, too. <laughs> it's a great day to be a Giants fan. Um, you know, you just, you just see that window of opportunity, both short-term and maybe into the foreseeable future, opening up a little bit, watching this team play. Or another way to put it, the glass is three-quarters full. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Hadn't thought we of it are, that way. <laughs> we, we are getting there. Um, second point, and, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, when you're be- Paulie, you've heard me say this before. I don't know whether Howard has heard me say this, but when your best players, those seven or eight, maybe nine first-round picks, I'll throw McKinney in there, too. I know he was the second. But when your best players are playing their best, like yesterday, good things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Giants. I, I'm feeling good about Saturday night. I'm feeling real good. I think we got this. We'll get to we that game this. later in the week, Led. Today <laughs> we're just going to celebrate the win in Minnesota. How about that? Yeah, okay. We'll let you call back yeah, again we'll later it. in the week. <laughs> we'll do it. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks for Led. taking my call. Go, Giants. Take care. 201-939-4513. By the way, Howard, I think coming off a of Lens call, I, I do want to mention to you and all you Giants fans out there, there were a number of pockets of blue jerseys on the Giants' uh, side of the field at the stadium yesterday. Now, don't get me wrong. They went up to 115 decibels for the Vikings with their horn and their drums and their fireworks and everything else they do. And their, and their piped-in music. Yeah, but but you know what? <laughs> The small clusters of blue fans that we saw, I heard, let's go Giants, yeah. and I heard defense, defense. Yeah. They were I, loud. The, the Giants fans that traveled, they made noise. They, they um, remarkably are sitting together, which I still can't figure out. Like, most, most of them were front row. I feel yeah. Like. Like it's, a lot of them it, in the front row. Isn't that crazy? Like, how do you – like, I figure if you go to a visiting, you know, arena, stadium, whatever, they would put you all over so you're not together. Every time we go to a stadium, the Giants fans are sitting in the same area together so they can make some noise. So it's, it's kind of funny to see them, and it's great to hear them you know, making noise and screaming and getting the players fired up. Especially, why would you sell them tickets behind your bench? That's just crazy, but hey, don't stop doing it. We, we'll appreciate it. Eagles, we'll be looking for some tickets behind the bench for the, for the Giants. 
201-939-4513. We go to line three. Bobby in Kansas City, you're next on the show. Hello. Bobby. Are you there, Bobby? One, two, three. Bobby's trying. He can't get through. He's that's a counter. Maybe he's got a bad connection. Try calling us back again, Bobby. Your cell phone may have been uh, flaring up there. We'll go to line one. Greg in Virginia. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? Very good. How are we doing today? Good, good. Love the win yesterday. Um, enjoy it all the way till Saturday. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out one moment uh, with Brian Davis' leadership. Um, with uh, Darius Slayton dropped that pass, and he mm-hmm. looked it very distraught. I thought that was a reflection of his leadership. Yeah, and um, and that was that was big. You know, I think he really needed that. You know, and um, good thing that defense bailed him out. So, that's my point. Okay, have a nice day. Thank you. I think Brian Dable did a good job going over to Darius Slayton because he felt like the defense was going to stop him. He was basically telling he was telling Slayton, "Hey, look, we're going to need you next week." Uh, if not in this game for another play. So, like, mm-hmm. let, let's let that one go. We, we're going to need you. And Slate's, like, looking at him, like, okay, coach, I got you. So, and again, the defense goes out and they do their job. They, they were supposed to get a stop. They got a stop. When they get a stop, all, all is forgiven, so, so to speak. And, and you know, it, it's it's crazy that that one play is a play that just going to focus around Slate the whole time. He had a good game. Sure he did. He had a real good game. Made some big plays. Got open. He was – twisting those guys into the ground. They couldn't stay with him. He just happened to be on one play looking downfield because he's like, oh, my God, how close are these guys? And took his face off the ball, which he won't do next. the next catch. You know, Slayton, in all honesty, even though he was buried in the doghouse in the mm-hmm. first month of the season, has really come on to have a productive year, much like when he was a rookie yeah. and he came out of Auburn. He is their speedster and their big play downfield threat. And quite frankly, I'll tell you something. Hodgins done a great job, but Howard, where would they be without Slayton? Slayton carried him through the early part of the season. He was the big play guy. He went and got the ball. He figured out how to how to do some things. And Daniel and Saquon were running it and carrying on. And every once in a while, they throw the ball up, and there there would be Slayton. Uh, so like at first, it looked like well maybe he's just going to run deep, but now it's more of he can do anything he wants. Let's go back to the calls. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Line two, Tommy in New York. You're next on the show. Hello. Hi, Paul Howard. I, thank you so much. And I, I'm a huge fan of you guys, and thank you so much for everything you guys do. Thank you. But I just want to say, what a great game. And I, uh, what, the, what the, the young men have done and the coaches, and, and I've got to start with you know, Mr. Mary, Mr. Tish, mm-hmm. for, for bringing Mr. Sean. Can't be happier. <laughs> you know, if they, if they went out today, if they decided not to play anymore, they made my year so far. But they had a great season. Thank, thank you so much for everything. Well, it's certainly been a lot of fun. And believe me, uh, Howard and I have seen John Mara suffer through these losing years day by day by day by day. <laughs> And and honestly, and and Mr. Tish. They, oh, they, no question. They, they, well, we they, see John every day. We, we don't John see Mr. Day. Tish yeah, every day. Absolutely. And and when we've told you during these losing seasons, nobody takes it harder. Yeah. We're, we're not we're not lying to you. They nobody takes it harder than the family. No. Yeah. Well, I can remember back in the day when Wellington was here. He he once said to John, like, "Look, the boys are really trying. 
Because John really, it's all you can do. Because John really, you know, he really, it really, he, he he's heart bleeding every play. He's fighting every play with them. He's he's like mm-hmm. he's like my grandfather. He used to watch wrestling. He'd be like, ah, "Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what John's. Did, I feel like did, John's did he on. know it was fake? No, he he could oh. care less. He could care less. <laughs> so that's kind of what I feel like John's been doing, and and, and and Steve's been doing. But you know, to see that they, you know, finally got an opportunity with Joe Shane and and and, and Brian and, and 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 the rest of the staff that. You know, the, the, what he say at the beginning of the year, John said, like, you know, I feel bad for this kid that we haven't really given him a chance, talking about Daniel. And he felt like this was an opportunity to give him a chance. You know, and he gets he gets stable, you know. I don't want to say nothing about him being a Bama guy or nothing like that. But, you know, he, he brings a Bama guy in. <laughs> he does a good job. Somehow it always goes back to roll tide, doesn't <laughs> roll it? Roll tide. Man. Always. Hey, before we get to our next phone call, I do want to give uh, a props out to two guys who in their very – unbelievable uh, kind of step-up roles this year. Made big plays on the Vikings last series. Uh, Moreau on a first and 10 for Minnesota um, at the 46-yard line. Moreau comes up with a play on Thielen. Yeah, he did. Uh, Nice pass defensed. And then a couple of plays later on third and eight from the 48, Flock makes a play on Osborne. Perfectly timed to knock that ball away. And look... Both of those guys were there, both of the throws were there, and both of these defensive backs made sure that those passes were not completed. And Flott only played like three plays in the game. Yeah, Flott Flott's a, is a gamer. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is a he is a gamer. Always in the right positions, always, you know, challenging guys, making hard for them to catch the ball. The funny thing is that, unfortunately, when he gets out there on, on that island and, and somebody's running at him like a, a back or something or a lineman, He's like, oh my God, this is this my game? But when you he's th- a little slight. Yeah, but when you throw the ball in this area, <laughs> you better make sure it's really where the only the defender can catch it, or he can't get a hand on it because he makes some great plays. And, and Moreau, remember now, okay? Aaron Robinson was supposed to be opposite of Dory Jackson as cornerback mm-hmm. too. That's right. Robinson breaks his knee or busts his, uh, blows out his knee yep. early. And now all of a sudden, Moreau comes in off the scrap heap. Remember, he was with Atlanta last year and was set free. And now he's cornerback two. Yep. Halfway through the season, Adoree Jackson goes down. Yep. Now Moreau is cornerback one. Yep. Now Jackson's back. Uh, yesterday plays 98% of the snaps. Yep. And now Moreau goes back to cornerback two. I can't say enough about how he has held up in a very difficult situation. Well, he's a pro, man. You know, he's, it's not like he's a rookie or something. He's, he's a vet. He's been he's been in the league for a while, and he gets gets back into a starting role, whether it's the the, the number one corner or number two corner. He's a starting corner. Remember, he, when they, they signed him originally to the practice squad, Howard, yeah. I don't know if he expected maybe to compete as a sub-package guy, but all of a sudden he had a start. I would imagine if, if guys are coming in and coming to other teams, especially veterans, they're like, I can still play this game. That's why I'm still here. All I need is an opportunity. And they go to teams, and they're talking to their agents, and they're looking around. They're looking for the best opportunity to play. He's looking at the Giants and like, okay, they're a little thin at cornerback. I might get a shot. Similar, he did. Similar situation with Jalen Smith. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it works. That's, that's how it always works. And then Jared Davis. How about this? Yesterday, we find out during the scratch list release that McFadden's down, and Davis <laughs> is up, and he winds up playing – uh, more than half the snaps with Jalen Smith at linebacker. He's a bigger, uh, I think he may be a bigger guy. He, he's, he's sturdy. A, he's, he's, a ver- he's a veteran guy. He's got a lot of snaps in this league as a starter. 
uh, yeah, like I said, you come to a team looking at the opportunities, and you're like, they need help at this position. I could help them. 201-939-4513. We go to line three. Scott in New Mexico. You're next on the show. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Great. Very good. Um, I wanted to talk about one player. Uh, I missed the first few minutes, so you may have mentioned him. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think without him, I don't think the Giants win the game. And that's Dexter Lawrence. Uh, the play, it's a travesty that he did not make the all-pro team. Uh, he, 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 he's sec- he did. Second team all-pro. Yeah, but that's, I mean, there was nobody better, in my opinion, this year at that position than Dexter Lawrence. The, the thing that was striking, I think, on the last play, he took on two, def- two offensive linemen, and I think he was the one that forced uh, Cousins to throw the ball short. Yes, uh, that's correct. And Leonard Williams his, had a hell of a game, too, by the way, with pressures. Mm-hmm. Right. But his play has been ex- outstanding the whole year. And one of the things that strikes me is that he's sort of the anchor of the team. He, when Slayton dropped the ball, everybody thought, well, maybe here we go again. Yet I almost felt at that point they had adapted the Ray Lewis philosophy, we're not going to lose no matter what. That defense was going to stick there, and we were going to make that work, and nobody was going to beat us. And that's the feeling I got. And I think that stems from Dexter Lawrence. I think he's just that much of an anchor on the team. And I think he's going to play a very large role in the Philadelphia game, which we're not going to discuss now. But (laughs) if you talk about one player and you talk about what the difference he makes to a team is, maybe you can give me some insight as to how Dexter Lawrence has improved so much this year that I really think he's one of the most outstanding players in the NFL. I'll be glad to take your answers off the air. Thank you. Well, the reason why he's why you think he's improved is because he's having more opportunities. <laughs> so I think he's been the same guy the entire time. He he's like a he's a big bodied, long arm, very athletic young man, uh, and playing in the middle of of the defense, it affects everything in the game. Uh, I don't think people realize when they're looking at at players who are you're trying to set up. Uh, the way I will explain it best is like you're trying to set up a great great defense or or a great offense or a great whatever, this is how you do it. You get quarterbacks, running backs, the center, and then you start to spread out. <laughs> and that's that's how you set it up. Well, you they go, say and that then baseball, on, you yeah, got to be strong up yeah. the middle. You get the, no, you know? you get the nose tackle and the D tackle. You get the middle linebacker, and then you get the safeties. And then everybody else, is, you, you start trying to fill them up. And the reason why you do it that way is because if the, if the defense pushes – forward in the middle and, and creates this this pitch at you you start to have to it, it starts to make you one-sided and it makes one side of the defense better or the other side of the defense better and it and it kills quarterbacks how do you stop tom brady pressure up the middle the greatest quarterback to 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 play our game the, the guy who's won the most super bowls you know the ageless one you step on his toes he will throw the ball away <laughs> now, i don't know if he's got a pedicure or what but he just <laughs> He don't like it, so like that's that's why Dexter is so important. And I would also say that a guy that that you know has like the I guess like the tone of the defense would be Thibodeau. Thibodeau makes plays. There was a play in a game where he was blocked out of the play. The ball's out on the edge. I'm like, oh my god, they're about to Thibodeau just bounces out and catches him. They mm-hmm. try to throw a screen. The screen is behind him. The guy has to dodge to get behind his blockers. As he's dodging to get behind his blockers, Thibodeau's not just 
tackling him. He's hitting him and knocking him down. So it's like the guys that are making plays and they realize the the the, the, the weight of the moment, they're really getting after it. And you can see that mostly in those guys with their hands in the dirt. I'm going to digress for just a couple seconds. Any quick thought on the Dallas-Tampa game tonight as to who uh, survives and gets to the next round, even though the Giants will play Philly next week no matter what? I, I think Tampa wins the game. Um, for whatever reason, there have been a lot of like a lot of these top-flight quarterbacks, as they're, as they're called, they're throwing a lot of interceptions. And if you throw a lot of interceptions, the other team has an opportunity to win. You saw it in the, the you know, so I don't know how Jacksonville won, but with a lot of interceptions. Lawrence but, threw four in the first half. Yeah, and, and the other guy was turning the ball over a little bit too. Uh, I don't know how Buffalo escapes because they're turning over the ball, but, you know, Miami turned the ball over too. When you turn the ball over, you give the other team a chance. Dak and those guys have been turning the ball over at an incredible rate. Mm-hmm. Dak's leading the league in interceptions. And he missed five games, and Howard. he missed five games. What For whatever reason that's going on, I believe that will be the issue in the game, yeah. uh, and I and I do. I think that for whatever reason, I think I think Tampa will will muster up enough energy to to stop the run, and they're going to put the ball in Dak's hands, and they're going to try to see if he can really do it for a whole game, knowing that he will, well, for whatever reason, he'll give you a couple balls, and when they do, some of those balls are pick sixes. You can't do that with a guy like Tom Brady standing on the other sideline. He wants a one-score game. He wants the ball in the last two minutes or the last 30 seconds to give his chance, his team a chance to win. Well, I understand that. Oh, <laughs> and, by, and by the way, look, kudos to Tom Brady. Okay, He actually tied Daniel Jones this year with five fourth-quarter or overtime game-winning drives. Kudos to <laughs> so kudos, Tom. Nice job. You tied Daniel Jones. That's hilarious. <laughs> 201-939-4513 is our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Gerard in Ireland, you're next on the program. Hello. From Ireland. Nice. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are, how are you? <laughs> Very Beautiful good. Beautiful day. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yep, yep. No, it was a great game. I mean, I stayed up till 1 o'clock in the morning over here watching it. We didn't get back until after 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it works out. It works out. Well, I, I, I watched a little bit of the other game that came on afterwards, but we won't mention them. So, <laughs> you know, uh, on to Philadelphia, and we'll see how – study your homework, do your homework, and uh, we'll let Saturday night be another long night. All the best to the Giants. Well, thank you. Thank from, you, Gerard. Thank you from Ireland. That's pretty cool. It stays up really late uh, getting those games over there. Very that, cool. And very by cool. the way, I, I don't I don't want to really spend much time on the Eagles today. We, we want to really review the Viking game. But, Howard, one thing about the Eagles game coming up on Saturday night. Again, 8-15 kickoff uh, in case for some reason you've been under a rock for the last day. And this when we get home from 1 o'clock in the, in the playoffs. That's all it is. It's this, this the 1 o'clock tour. So uh, <laughs> this will be the third time. The Giants and Eagles have played in the last seven weeks. That that's that's really compacting. Talk about teams knowing each other. It doesn't. <laughs> you can't get much more familiar than that. Yeah, I, I think that it's you know uh, it works out in 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 both teams' favor to have a have a team that that you both know. It, it works out in the Giants' favor that they don't have to travel that far. Uh, it 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 just you know it's just easy to, easier to play a team like that. Although the Eagles are the number one team in the NFC. It's still easier to play a team that you know than a team you don't know. And I think that, you know, the first game, they were just a little overwhelmed. The second game, uh, I thought they played well, even though they didn't play all their starters, meaning the Giants didn't play their starters. Uh, got a little better feel for it. And it's going to be interesting to see how healthy 
is Jalen. If Jalen's really healthy, could be a tough matchup. If Jalen's not really healthy, could be a very difficult game for the Eagles. Now, I would have given you the Giants injury report earlier during this program, except Brian Dable came up with his usual diagnosis of day-to-day and we'll see. <laughs> so Jason Pinnock, uh, who suffered an abdominal injury, as you guys know, how to get, get helped off the field with mm-hmm. the cart. Uh, he did go to the hospital. They examined him. He said he was doing better. They released him. He came home with the team last night. But we don't have an update other than, Coach said, other than your regular nicks and bruises or whatever. Mm-hmm. He thinks they're pretty good. So I'll I'll have some hope and optimism for Pinnock. And Ojolari suffered a, a quad. Uh, he was in the locker room after the game, seemed optimistic and hopeful. And again, uh, Dable saying day-to-day. So we don't have anything really significant to tell you that. Yeah, I seen Pinnock on the field, but Ojolari, I never saw him. I, I, just, I even got the report. They're like, oh, yeah, Ojolari's out with a quad. I'm like, what? What happened? Yeah, like, missed the whole like, second I, half. Didn't, I didn't even – I was like – I kept looking for him. I'm like, I didn't see him on the sideline. I'm like, what happened to Ojolari? Where is he at? I will say this. Against uh, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, you really want Ojolari on the field. Yeah, you want everybody. You want every available soul, if you can. That, that, all healthy souls at that. Okay, we go to line two. Andrew in Long Island. You're next on BBKF. Hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to talk to you. How we doing? Good Monday. I'm pumped up. Yes, sir. Good, Good for you. I just got two comments and a question. You actually already answered my question about Ojolari. I was going to ask about him because I didn't know what happened. So my uh, two comments was, um, one was about Matt Brieta. I just think he deserves a little uh, little bit of credit. I haven't really heard his name or anybody mention him because I think he made some pretty uh, pretty big plays for us. Coach mentioned him this morning as one of the unsung heroes uh, who has been a pro his entire time here with the Giants since they brought him in. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Howard, he might have been the first free agent the Giants signed when Shane and Dable came into this organization. I think he was, yeah. I think he was, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he made that one big play, that third. I think it was like third and one or something like that, but he had a fight mm-hmm. for that. Oh, yes, he did. He like, got it by about like, half a yard. Yeah. And my little comment was, um, what do you guys think about that um, that statue of Liberty play? It wasn't like a touchdown or anything, but I think it was a <laughs> The, he he was. Uh, That's all I got for you guys. Dayball, thank you. Dayball and Chefka was. Uh, they were doing a little uh, swishing dishing. That's all. I was like, oh, he's swishing dishing out there. Go ahead, Daniel. I see you. That was kind of cool. I, I like I like plays that are, you know, a little different. Uh, and I'm happy that it worked. Unlike the, you know, unlike the Vikings play, where I I guess they were trying to do the Philly special. I'm not sure what they were doing. Like me, they were trying to get the quarterback killed, but I'm like, uh, yeah, the wide receiver throwback to the QB who oh hasn't my. who hasn't cleared the line. I'm like, who are you throwing it to? And by the way, Cousins is not athletic. Well, maybe he was going to throw it down the field. You mean a double throw? In other words, I, Lat- uh, technically a lateral because throwing it backwards to Cousins, then you can throw it forward. Did pass. he throw? But did he throw it backwards to Cousins? I don't. I don't know if it was backwards. Was it a handoff and a pa- backwards I was pass? Looking at it, I think it was forward, just like I thought barely, it was forward barely. too. Oh, man. So if they had had Cousins throw the ball, I think it would have been a flag. Well, let, me, let me tell you something, and this is the difference between this league and the league that I played in. If you'd have threw a quarterback a pass out in the open like that with no one protecting him, that would have been his last play of the game. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> Have been taught to like, especially against your defenses. Man, th- these guys have been taught to be nicer to each other. I'm like, when I saw them, I'm like, oh my god, they're going to kill him. 
Then they kind of like tackled him nicely and brought him down. I'm like, oh, he must know somebody's cousin or something because that that just didn't look right. I'm like, man, you better don't do that. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, I I didn't think that play made any sense at that time of the game either. It was well, it was a useless risk, and uh, I I thought it was basically a give up play and just help the Giants. I think I think the ownership probably called out. So if you run that again, we'll be looking for new coaches. <laughs> we go back to uh, line one. Kevin is in Minnesota. Oh, good morning, Kevin. Couldn't get a flight out. Uh, good morning, Paul and Howard. No, I, I'm a New Yorker by birth, but I live in Minnesota. And my son and I were at the game yesterday, and I just wanted to appreciate you guys and all the players who've been talking about how loud we were because it was so thrilling. We were we were about five rows from the top of the stadium. Wow! Uh, but right on the 50-yard line mm-hmm. and uh, just shouting defense and here we go, Giants. That was us That's from cool. way up above. It, it was audible. Good. I will tell you, it was audible down on the Giants bench. You definitely could hear oh, it. That's, it was very that's exciting. Great. Yeah, no, it was it was so great to be a part of it. And by the way, I, I had a perfect view of that pass to Cousins. It was definitely a forward pass. It so, looked like it yeah, to me. Yeah, it definitely was. And I turned to my son and I said, they just stupided themselves out of a first down right there. <laughs> it really was. It was a dumb play. Yeah, they almost got their quarterback yeah. taken out. <laughs> yeah, they really did. So, no, it, just thanks for the shout out to the fans, guys. That's really all I had to say. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Giants media. And uh, Howard, we got to see you down on the field before the game. Oh, got cool. a lot of up close views of Bob Papa. It was very exciting for a Giants media fan. So oh. a lot of fun. And I just thought as a Minnesota New Yorker, I'd give you guys a call and say uh, great job for all involved with Giants media and, of course, the guys on the team. Uh, just a wonderful day. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank I, you so much. I was thinking, remember when Daniel ran the, the quarterback sneak down at the goal line and the, and the player comes across and puts his forearm right in Daniel's throat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now, if they would have been doing that to Cousins out in the middle of the field, like he would have been out of the game because there would have been a free run. Oh, out. my goodness, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have here on my notes on that play. Uh, it was late first quarter, and uh looked like, uh, according to my notes here, it was Jefferson and Jackson who, uh, who were converging on Cousins at the time. Two little guys. Did I say Jefferson and Jackson? I meant Ojolari and Jackson. Ojolari. Oh. Ojolari didn't Ojula- go. Ojolari and Jackson were converging on that's Cousins. Prob- on that's that probably why Ojolari had to pull his quad because he was like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna get to get him." And he just said, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, I hurt myself. I was too wide open." Yeah, I yeah, there it is. I got Ojolari. I wrote down Ojolari and Jackson yeah. was the two defenders converging. So, but uh, yeah, and that was right after the Giants had tied it yeah. at seven seven. And to me, the Vikings just kind of took themselves out of a, a possibility to to put an extensive drive together. I, I it, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I see a lot of coaches calling third and one, Howard. Again. Third and one. What are you doing? Third and one. I got Cook. Yeah. Uh, I mean, literally, I got Cook. I got Hodges, hockey kids, whatever the kid's name is. Hawkinson. The tight yeah. end. I mean, I got two guys. I know that I can get a first down with, and that's what I would have done. Don't under that that to me was just a totally boneheaded call. That's right. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe can win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Kevin in line two. You're in New Jersey, and you want to talk about the game. We are on BBKL. Hello. Yeah, hi. Hi, good afternoon, guys. Uh, Howard, I haven't seen you in a while. I was involved with this, with this uh, St. Anthony's High School in Jersey City. Oh, cool. And you were very kind enough to donate the your Friars. time there. Several, yeah. Several, yeah, right. Coach Hurley and the guys. Yeah, for Hello. Coach Hurley, and uh, it helped a lot of kids. And you know, just wasn't able to keep the school going. But uh, but I've always been grateful for the for your time there and, and talking to you at, on various occasions. I appreciate um, it. No, oh, that's great. Uh, and uh, just one question about the game. The one thing, and now look, all, all positives. You know, you, you couldn't think of a, a more positive than the way the Giants played, the way the defense eventually reacted. Uh, but I'm a little concerned still about special teams. They weren't tested. You know, the one thing the Colts had going for them was that, obviously, they ran the ball out of the end zone at every chance uh, because they knew the Giants had difficulty uh, on special teams. Uh, that would be my question number one. Question number two, I was actually at the, the new, new Minneapolis Stadium a couple of years ago when the Giants lost. Eli Manning was the quarterback. Uh, and it, it was just a beautiful stadium. Uh, everything about it is like it's just so first class. And then the next week I had to go back to Art Dump and met life and think at two. Two teams, all right, two all teams right, built all this right. stadium. Not no necessary. Teams, one team built Minneapolis. So your thoughts on both those items. And, and thanks a lot, guys. And uh, you do a great job with the broadcast. Well, first off, we'll go to the stadium. Uh, when you're a single team in the stadium, you're able to dress it and make it look like your team the way you want it. Uh, you have every, you know, I guess every advantage to your, you know, to your your benefit. Uh, the lights, the seats, the, the everything is, is Viking oriented. When you're a team that that splits splits the stadium, unlike the Chargers and the Rams, which have similar colors, when it's the Jets that are green and the Giants that are blue, you can't really. It's hard to blend it. You can do some slides and some some lights, but you can't do a whole lot. The seats are going to be gray. It's going to be very monotone because you got a, got two teams. And as far as the first question or the first comment, and that was with special teams. I'll give you numbers, Howard. Then you can comment. Rieger had a uh, Rieger had or Rager Rager I'm sorry Rager. had a muff punt on uh, on the one return which the Giants unable to corral. Uh, McLeod was down there, first guy down there for the Giants, so uh, he wound up with no yards for his one return uh, with a fair catch. And uh, um, kickoff wise, five of the six kickoffs by Gano were for touchbacks. The Vikings had one 24 yard return, so they eliminated any return yardage yesterday. Well, here's what I got. And th- and this is one thing that I watch, and I watch every team do it, and I never make any comments to the coaches or anything like that or any of the players. When we kick the ball off, our guys very rarely get past the 30 or the 25-yard line. They're, they're expecting it to go into the end zone. And when it doesn't go into the end zone, or if they set it up to – uh, you know, be a like one of those kicks that are going to be laying like the at the one or something. Make oh, the mortar ha- kicks. That the one that you have to return. Yeah. They then they have to like get that extra gear to get past that spot where they usually stop. Now that is just, I, I don't know. 
you know, I, I don't know, I can't explain it. I always I always attribute it to depth on the team that you you know, you have some starters on the team. And some of them are like running down the field and they're pulling up because they know they're about to, you know, play defense. But to not like other teams when they do kickoffs, they run all the way to the end zone. Some of the teams, the entire team runs to the end zone. And that's just the difference in the in the coverage. You, if you're used to stopping that far back, teams are watching. They're like, look, they're not coming all the way down, they're not covering all the way. If if you kick it in the end zone, five yards deep, seven yards deep, run it out. By the time they figure that you're coming out, they will have, they'll have they'll be stopping and then have to restart before it happens. So they're watching the tape. They see that they're doing it. That's up to them to, to fix it. I'm just looking here to see. Do I have offhand the touchback percentage for Gano, who has a really good leg? Here we go. Gano, uh, 50 touchbacks during the regular season on 85 kickoffs. That comes out to uh, 59%. Yeah, just but FYI. That, yeah, but but that's because he wants to be touched back. If he doesn't want to, or if, if they're telling well, yeah. yeah, they, they strategically use that no, water kick no. on a number of yeah, occasions. Yeah, they, they should not do that. They should kick it through the back of the end zone. All right, <laughs> we've got Jake from Massachusetts. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Very well. Very how good. are you? Good, thank you. Hey, listen. Um, my father was a lifelong Giants fan, and thusly, I am as well. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, he passed in June of this year. Sorry. And it, thank you. Thank you for your condolences. But every year, I always tell him, Dad, the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> They're going to make the playoffs this year. And he says, Jacob, nah, I don't know. So when he was in the hospital, I said, Dad, they're going to do it this year. And when he passed in June, the funeral director asked me to pick the color of the urn. And obviously, I picked Giants blue. <laughs> and so he's in spirit with us right now, wow. and he's looking down at us, and he's celebrating. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Well, thank you for your call. That is really cool. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy call. I can't end the show with that one. <laughs> if we got one more, but, uh, I think that was really really cool. His dad's such a big fan. That, yeah, really, that's wow. a blessing. That's really cool. That's heavy. That's heavy. <laughs> By the way, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero never tasted so good. 201-939-4513. We will take one more quick phone call, uh, Pearson. <laughs> I definitely cannot end it on that. I, I just cannot do that. This is a this is a uh, a very, 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 very happy uh, I victory that was a, Monday. I thought that was a happy story. Football's family. Football's family. It is. It is. It is. It's a happy story, but it's also hard hitting. But I know, I know. I love my dad more than the air, but that's a that's a happy story. That really, you know, is. my dad. I tell people all the time, and my my dad, and mom have, have season tickets. They have not been going because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So uh, my daughter and uh, the boyfriend have been going to the games. Oh, boyfriend! But here's the thing. Here's the thing, <laughs> Howard. This is important. My dad says, okay, when it's especially when it's a big game. Mm -hmm. He calls it a a, a a three horse game. A three horse game. Okay, that basically means you have to scream so loud on Sunday that your horse for three days and don't get your <laughs> horse back until Wednesday. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So you're so so you're not just Paul. You're it's bred into you. Your, your dad did that to you. Well. <laughs> 
If you if, fans, if you ever no, see no, Paul, now I can't lose my voice though for three days I because I have to speak. If you ever see Paul on the sideline, if you guys could just watch the game but don't watch the game, if Paul's them just watch Paul, that would be the greatest entertainment. Win, lose, or draw, whatever the Giants doing, just watch Paul. I am intense the entire game. Yes, I have to stop you in the first quarter. The game's not over, Paul. We got three more quarters. <laughs> You know that, right? You make a play. We got a long. Got it's a long intense. He's it's like intense. Fired up. If he could, if he could play, he would play. Yes, yes. But I was never blessed with those skills. Yeah, you don't want to get hit. That that's not. Fun. No, I don't <laughs> like pain. You know me well, Howard. I do not like pain. Pain is not. Pain Final is not your phone call. We're going to sneak in, Doug from New York. Thanks for ringing us up on Big Blue Kickoff Live. <laughs> Thanks for saying. You're welcome. Paul. Welcome. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from on that last call, but. Um, because my father was a diehard Giants fan, and we got to go to the, the opening game in 1982 when uh, Lawrence Taylor was, was a starter, and and they were calling all kinds of uh, defensive penalties because the Rams they were playing the Rams, and the running back was the rookie there from SMU. I can't remember his name. Eric now. Dickerson. Yeah, and Lawrence Taylor was frustrated as heck because of that game, but. Howard, I was looking at the game. Was there truly any? I didn't see any true RPOs used. Is that on purpose or not? Because I felt that they it would have been easier for Daniel to do what he did with some RPOs where he would have faked and 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 maybe used Barkley in some more ways. But was it a reason why they didn't use RPOs that much in that game? Yeah, I think I think the reason is, and it's a Minnesota thing, uh, basically, is that because Minnesota is so soft in the middle. Of their defense, uh, and again, not not knocking their players or, or or even their scheme. It's just that they're extremely soft in the middle of their defense, and it, it's the RPO game is more of you like you fake the handoff, you start to run as a quarterback, and then you, you your your third option is to pass on the outside. There's no need for that. Like you could hand the ball off to the guy in the middle, and he could he could get like eight to ten yards uh, if you're going to run it. Uh, like I said, some some of the times Daniel pulled it and ran. Uh, I think he did it twice, mm-hmm. and he had one run that was like a wasn't even a pulling run. It was like the student body right, <laughs> kind of <laughs> where, where everybody went. And in all three, in all three of those plays, I think I think out of those three plays, he got like eight yards. Like the, he made a big plays in the uh, quote unquote uh, scrambling, but he wasn't making big plays like in the kind of what would be as close to an RPO as you could see. I, I just don't think that they weren't as they weren't as strong in the middle of the field. I think their corners were probably their stronger, stronger defenders on and on the back end. So they were kind of playing to the middle of the field. Some most of the big plays came across the middle. One of the handful of design runs for Jones actually went for a touchdown and had to get called back by the uh, the motion penalty. Well, it, on that penalty, just so you know, people don't really get this. Like the, in theory, you go get set. So two guys are in motion. The first guy goes in motion. He gets set. The second guy runs across the field, and then Daniel's clapping and trying to get the ball snapped. But the guy that's in, that wouldn't motion first is going to come across to lead the play. Well, the guy started before the ball got snapped, and the other guy was still moving because he couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear anything. So it, I'm like, well, that's a lot of movement. For you, you got to have some kind of trigger to make you run. Because if he if he doesn't start, then he's behind Daniel <laughs> instead of like leading through the hole, which he kind of was when Daniel scored. Right. Now, much to your chagrin, as loud as it was in that stadium, you could still hear me when I was next to you. <laughs> Only when I took my headphones off. 
<laughs> Folks, that'll do it for this edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, as always. And we certainly appreciate the support of Pepsi. Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved. Zero never tasted so good. Remember, we are here 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time every weekday to talk New York Giants football. He is Howard Cross. I'm Paul Dottino, Pearson Butler at the controls. Folks, it's been a beautiful Monday. Keep it the rest of the week that way, and we will see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.